You are listening to the 20 Minute Fitness Podcast, episode number 22. Hello everyone, my name is Charlie. I was previously host of 20 Minute Fitness and I was very keen to get back involved and record some more episodes. So you'll be hearing a bit more from me in the next few weeks and I really hope you find the information valuable. Today I want to talk about why getting an adequate sleep is so important and how we can effectively track and measure our sleep patterns to improve the quality of sleep that we get. The 20 Minutes Fitness Podcast is produced every Tuesday for your enjoyment and show notes can be found at www.20minutes.fitness. All the links are of course in the show notes. Feel free to email us with more suggestions at podcast at 20minute.fitness. 20 Minute Fitness is powered by Shapescale. Shapescale is a 3D body scanning scale. You simply step on and the scanner will digitize your body in three dimensions and sync this data to your phone and you'll be able to find out all sorts of useful insights such as your body fat percentage, your lean mass and your muscle girth measurements. This data combined with a visual representation of your progress makes Shapescale a fully comprehensive fitness tracker. It is now available for pre-order at shapescale.com. Now, let's get into the show. So first, I think it's important to talk about why sleep is so important, and that will help us recognize why we need to start tracking it and measuring our current sleep patterns to then optimize them to increase the sleep quality we get. According to SomnologyMD.com, sleep deprivation will kill faster than food deprivation, and nearly 7 out of 10 Americans have experienced sleep-related problems, which actually equates to around 40 million people that haven't been diagnosed with a sleep disorder, but do struggle to get to sleep. A poor sleep schedule is one of the strongest risk factors for obesity. According to a study on the meta-analysis of short sleep duration and obesity in children and adults, it was found that there is a strong association between a short sleep duration and the development of obesity from childhood to adulthood. Children and adults with a short sleep duration were 89% and 55% respectively more likely to become obese. Another study on the association between short sleep and obesity after controlling for demographic, lifestyle, work and health related factors found that there's a significant association between short sleep and obesity but no association between being overweight and a short sleep duration. Studies have also shown that sleep deprived individuals tend to eat more calories in a day. Sleep deprivation can disrupt the daily fluctuation of appetite hormones, which results in an increase in the levels of ghrelin, and this is the hormone that stimulates hunger, and it also reduces the levels of leptin, the hormone that makes you feel more satiated. High quality sleep increases mental acuity, concentration, performance and productivity. So we're beginning now to understand the true benefits that maintaining a good sleep schedule has for your body not to mention rest and recovery, and also the effects of sleep deprivation on increasing stress. And this is due to increasing cortisol levels. And just before we explore why I think it's so important to track or at least have an idea as to how well you are sleeping, I think it's also important to provide some information on the the sleep cycle that humans go through. As I think it's important to actually understand what our data is telling us, what are our sleep trackers actually referring to when they talk about the different stages 
stresses of sleep. What is it that could be improved? Where are we spending most of our time in during the sleep cycle and so on? So we're going to give a brief overview of the sleep stages now. So it was previously agreed upon that there were five stages of sleep. Stage one, two, three, four, through to five. However, that's recently been changed in recent years and stages three and four have been combined. So it's now commonly agreed that there are four stages of sleep, those being N1, N2, N3, and REM sleep. So let's explore these a bit further. So the first stage of sleep is known as N1. That means non-REM and REM stands for rapid eye movement and we'll explore REM sleep later on. But what are the defining features of N1? Well, N1 is at the early stages of light sleep. So after you've decided to try and get to sleep, your eyes start to close and this stage typically lasts between 1 to 10 minutes. You're very lightly asleep and you can return to wake very quickly. I'm sure you've all had those funny moments where you're not exactly sure whether you've actually fallen asleep or not. Breathing will start to slow, your heartbeat will become regular, your blood pressure and brain temperature will start to decrease, but your muscles are not inhibited yet. Your eyes may roll a little and you may slightly open your eyelids. And this then leads into N2. So this is still part of the light sleep cycle. And N2 will generally last about 20 minutes. And it's characterized again by a slowing heart rate and a decrease in body temperature. It then becomes more difficult to wake you up and your brain will start to emit larger waves. Your blood pressure can also decrease and other metabolic functions also slow down. We spend most of our night in around this stage, which is which, which comprises about 45% of the total sleep duration. Moving on to N3, and this is where the two previous stages combine, stages three and four, so we're now entering deep sleep. And during stage three, you're, you start to emit extremely slow brain waves called delta waves, and they're interspersed with smaller, faster waves. This stage usually starts about 35 to 40 minutes after you've fallen asleep, and it'll be much harder to wake you up now. You'll sleep through most disturbances, most relatively quiet noises and movements without showing any explicit reaction. And if you actually wake up during this non-REM stage, the deep stage of sleep, there's a high probability you'll actually feel quite disorientated for a few minutes. Where are you? Where am I? Where have I been? What's happened? You know, that sort of confused feeling about your surroundings. So other names for this stage include the slow wave sleep and delta sleep. The second part of N3, previously known as stage four, it continues, the deep sleep continues and the brain produces delta waves almost exclusively as you then get into REM sleep. And this is rapid eye movement sleep. This is the final stage of a standard sleep cycle. Brain waves actually mimic activity during when you're awake in this state. And the first rapid eye movement sleep stage lasts around 10 minutes and usually happens after you've been sleeping for about an hour and a half. So as its name indicates, rapid eye movement, your eyes move rapidly in all, uh, in all directions. And it's during this stage of sleep, which is the deepest, that the most powerful dreams happen. REM sleep stages typically get longer and longer as the night goes on. However, REM sleep only encompasses about 25% of our total sleep duration. So we spend 75% of our total sleep duration in the non-REM stages, N1, N2, and N3. So now we understand a bit more about the sleep cycle and what exactly we're looking at when we're when we're analyzing our data from our sleep, various sleep trackers, 
we can start to understand what it means and what effect it has on our body, depending on how long we've spent in deep sleep, how long we've spent in light sleep and REM sleep and so on. And I think it's important that we gave a quick lesson as to what these stages really mean. And I thought I would also summarise what happens when you spend too little or too much time in any of the stages of sleep. So if you spend too little time in the light sleep stage, it's not really going to affect how you feel in the morning. You won't feel too groggy or, or tired or anything like that. Deep sleep, though, is when it becomes really important, and it is hard to facilitate deep sleep. Your body has its own sort of natural urge and drive for it, so once that drive is met, the need will dissipate, and then you'll start going into the, the REM sleep stage and the light sleep stage again. But too little, on the other hand, and sleep can become unrefreshing. So the two main things that can lead to uh, less time spent at the deep sleep stage is age, people naturally get less deep sleep as they get older, and then anything that interferes with sleep, such as pain, illness, medical problems, sleep apnea and sleep disorders, they can keep you out of deep sleep from an artificial sense and it makes your sleep feel more shallow. Your body wants to get into deep sleep at night and it wants to avoid deep sleep during the day, so you have a natural delay of how long it will take you to get into it. And as I previously mentioned, REM sleep is about 20 to 25% of your nightly sleep. And if you get inadequate REM sleep, it will make you feel groggy, less able to focus, and your short-term memory might be affected when you first wake up. So it's important to get enough rest after learning something new or taking any, or just before an exam or something like that. I think it's essential that we actually understand what our data is referring to before tracking it and trying to analyze it because then we can't interpret the right results or interpret what the data is actually telling us. And at this stage, I would also like to thank our sponsors, Health IQ. Health IQ are an insurance company that helps health conscious people like runners, cyclists, weightlifters and vegetarians get lower rates on their life insurance. The Health IQ Advantage is their unique mortality model on the health conscious and they have lower rates for people who are leading a health conscious lifestyle. Kind of like good driver savings on auto insurance. They have a unique underwriting that replaces BMI with waist to hip ratio, taking into consideration cholesterol calculations and more. In fact, 70% of their exclusive rate clients get approved at the top rate class. Health IQ is the fastest growing life insurance company with over 5 billion in coverage. To see if you qualify, get your free quote today at healthiq.com forward slash 20fit or mention the promo code 20fit when you talk to a Health IQ agent. Life insurance companies calculate your policy rates based on your nearest age, not your actual age, and rates increase as you get older. So lock in the best rate possible by getting a free quote today. So now let's talk a bit about how tracking your sleep can actually help you um, optimize your sleep and in fact optimize your training. I will first say, like all things, it's one thing to actually track a metric, but you actually need to spend time analyzing the data and adjusting your behavior accordingly to the results you obtain. So if you do start tracking your sleep and recording your pre-bed routine, spend some time actually looking at the tracker's data and find the correlation between the, the best night's sleep that you've had and the behavior that you did that night. Because otherwise, what are you really tracking your sleep for? So the behavior I think you should look out for could include things like what you've eaten for your pre-bed routine, or whether you've had any caffeine previously, or what time you had the caffeine at, when did you last exercise, 
Were you reading as I often find reading helps me fall asleep faster? Were you checking your emails or looking at a TV screen before you go to bed? Because cell phones and televisions give off blue light levels at about 35%, whilst the Earth's sun gives off about 25% blue light. And research shows that it is, in fact, blue light that blocks the melatonin levels thirsting in the morning, which would normally help you wake up. Um, because overnight, by looking at the television or checking your emails, your your production of melatonin is actually compromised. So it's very important to actually measure and record your pre-bed routine and write it down, perhaps in a journal. And then you can cross-compare your pre-bed routine to the data that your sleep tracker gives you. For example, if you had a poor night's sleep and you can see you spent um, an in- inadequate amount of time in deep sleep, you can then look at your journal and see, right, so today I spent too much time before going to bed on my phone and this was emitting blue light, blocking my melatonin levels. I know now I need to adjust my behaviour and not go on my phone before bed. So you definitely need to actually not only track the data, but really try and interpret what's going on and um, correspond that to your behavior. So that aside, why else should you be tracking your sleep patterns? Eight sleep trackers say there are a number of reasons why you should be tracking your sleep. It allows you, as I said, to identify individual patterns relative to your own body, and it helps you understand your own lifestyle and what changes you could make to better optimize your sleep schedule. As we all know, Team Shape is a huge advocate of tracking and measuring and recording data because as humans, we are more likely to make changes and to actually stick to them if they are being recorded and if we are making a mental note of them as well. The number of hours of sleep we need differs per person, so tracking your sleep will allow you to find out your own personal requirements. And it also provides you with an objective view. Many people over or underestimate the quality and duration of sleep they get in a night. It's your own subjective opinion that way, and sleep tracking takes this subjectivity away. Sleep tracking apps may actually prevent you from needing to spend the night in a sleep lab. If you really wanted to get really intricate data on your sleep and try and find out what is the cause of you um, having inadequate sleep, then you would have to be hooked up to a machine called a polysomnograph. And although these results are highly detailed, it can be expensive. And obviously with a sleep tracking app, you get to stay in the comfort of your own bed. Some sleep tracking apps even have smart alarms programmed in that are designed to wake you up during a time of light sleep so that you avoid feeling groggy and grumpy. As we've already discussed, if you get woken up during REM sleep, you might feel a bit disorientated and the same goes for deep sleep as well. So having that feature is definitely something that could be very beneficial. I also mentioned that I would talk a bit about why I think sleep tracking could be so beneficial for your training and for exercise. And that's because if you can optimize or improve your sleep pattern and your sleep cycles, then at least one fundamental part or factor that affects your training is moving you in the right direction. It's helping you progress towards your goals. So if you could sort this out to then benefit your training and your exercise, why wouldn't you? Enough sleep can limit your progress because it stunts your your rest and recovery periods because you're not releasing enough growth hormone, which is released while you sleep. Also, your metabolism um, might cause you to gain weight, which could thwart any weight loss goals that you set when you're trying to exercise as sleep deprivation decreases your body's level of leptin as we've already talked about. So I wanted to conclude by suggesting some sleep trackers and these may or may not work for you and we're happy to hear some of your ideas. So definitely email us if you have some a sleep tracker that you use and you actually interpret the data and you manage to adapt your routine according to what you've, what you've seen that works for you because I'd be very interested to hear that. So please do email us if you have any information on that. 
And the sleep trackers I suggest will be in different formats. So I'm going to suggest a couple of wearables and also a mattress and some different the sleep trackers that come in different formats. So you can find out what works for you after you do your own research. I want to point out that there is a difference in sleep apps and sleep tracking apps. Sleep apps have been designed to emit sounds like white noise and nature to try and help you get to sleep. While sleep tracker apps actually measure your statistics and tell you your duration of sleep, your REM sleep, etc. So these are the ones we're looking out for. Most modern wearables use an accelerometer to track the movement both when you're awake and when you're asleep. And this is a great feature to have, especially if you're someone that's already using their wearable to track lots of different metrics during their day. However, there are some drawbacks. If you're naturally a restless sleeper and you tend to roll around a lot during the night, then this can limit the credibility of the data. Wearables assume that if you're moving around at night, you might not be sleeping as soundly as you could be. But some people just tend to, to move around a lot. So not all movement during sleep is bad and some of it's actually natural. So in response to this, many wearable companies started to implement other sensors to aid people to better track their sleep. So one of the wearables I want to suggest checking out is the Fitbit Alta HR, which uses nighttime heart rate data to estimate light, deep and REM sleep. The Fitbit Ionic is another popular device to start measuring your sleep with, as you can benchmark your results against individuals that are of a similar demographic. So they actually learn about your behavior and lifestyle as you go on, and they'll begin to give you more and more personalized feedbacks for getting better rest. The Ionic also has a tri-wavelength sensor that lets the device measure SpO2 levels, and this stands for peripheral capillary oxygen saturation, and it's an estimate of the amount of oxygen in the blood. So more specifically, it's the percentage of oxygenated hemoglobin. This will eventually allow the Ionic to track sleep apnea, and sleep apnea is a condition whereby the individual affected may get pauses in breathing or shallowness of breath during sleep. So another great feature for the future. I also think the MFIT QS is definitely worth checking out, and this works with a measuring strip that sits under your mattress, which uh, means it avoids the need to wear a device. If you're not someone that likes going to bed wearing something, then this could be for you. It tracks your sleep with movement sensors and, a ho and heart rate monitoring as well. I would also suggest you look into the Sleep Score Match, which actually uses echolocation, which fires out ultra-low power radio waves to track our breathing patterns. And as we've previously mentioned, eight sleep mattresses, and these allow you to track over 15 factors about your sleep and health, including deep sleep, heart rate and respiratory rate. So these are definitely some sleep trackers I would suggest checking out. And just in general, I think if you are someone that likes to measure metrics and interpret the data and adapt your behavior to it, why not start measuring your sleep and, and recording what behavior is affecting your sleep pattern negatively or positively, because then you can make um, beneficial changes for the future. So I really hope you learned something about the different stages of sleep and what they actually mean for the human body during this podcast and that you now understand why it could be so important to start tracking your sleep. In fact, I want to finish on a quote again by 8sleep. They predict that technology and sleep tracking will revolutionize the way we live our lives. In a few years from now, they say, sleep will be different from what we know, and technology will be driving this evolution. Sleep will come, to come down to personalized optimization. Technology will enable our environment to adjust to our individual needs in real time so we can achieve maximum recovery and rest. So I think that article basically, or that quote, summarizes it there for us. It's something we do need to start looking at, and it's an imperative facet of human life and helping us to function at our best. So I really hope you enjoyed. Let me know if any of those sleep trackers are working for you. 
or if you have a different suggestion for our audience because I think that would be very valuable as well and we'll catch you next time.